Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Stacy Harris. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com. Man, can we just take a moment and just honor the Holy Spirit? Man, that is a good idea. Yeah, we just thank you, Lord. Yeah, we just honor you. What you're doing in our midst, what you're doing in our city. We just honor you. And we say, come closer tonight. We surrender. And we say, come, Lord Jesus, have your way in this place. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. We honor you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You want to hear some more good news? Jeremy, where are you? Come here. He's one of our young adults. He shared this testimony in pre-service revival. It is amazing. Share with us what God did. Yeah, so I work at a hospital and so we, they called a cardiac arrest overhead. I got called to it. And we, we compressed this guy, did compressions on him for about 25 minutes. Like, we pumped him full of drugs. We shocked him over and over. And, like, they were, we were at the point of giving up. And I was actually doing compressions on this guy. And in my spirit, I'm just like, no, this is not right. Like, this, this, is, this is where the rubber hits the road, y'all. So I'm like, get up in Jesus' name. I start praying under my breath, and I just feel the power of God just start to come down my arms and, and just felt it go right into this dude, and all of a sudden, his heart rate just comes back on the monitor. <laughs> yes, God, come on. Yeah, Lord! so good. So good. Oh, man. Oh, man. Jesus is raising people from the dead in Austin! So good! Oh man, yeah, if that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what does. That is amazing. You know, the the youth are selling t-shirts that say miracles are normal in Austin. (laughs) That's good news. That is such good news. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Do it again, Lord. You know, three weeks ago when I was slinging that T-shirt, I woke up that morning and I literally saw a um, power, what's it called, Uh, circuit breaker, and it was flipped to on. And I thought, okay, that's significant. And I just felt power all day, power all day. And then if you were here in the service, there was some power released (laughs) that evening. And then last Saturday, I was walking into um, my bar class, which it's not B-A-R, it's B-A-R-R-E, ballet bar, uh, exercise class. And I saw these five, I had to clarify that. (laughs) 
I had uh, saw six of these huge power, sur- you know, the power supply that connects to the whole building, and every one of them on, 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 and, and it was just like I've just been hearing over and over and over about the power of God, and I want to just tell you the power is on in the building tonight. Okay, the power that rose Jesus from the dead is inside of you. It is inside of me, and he wants to get out, (laughs) okay? Man, so this has nothing to do with my message at all, but man, it's so good. So I just want to tell you, yeah, the power is on. If you came in here with a need, you're not going to want to leave tonight without getting some prayer, because I'm telling you, the power of God is here to set captives free, to break chains, to release... Yeah, it's going to be good. Good. It's already good, and it's getting better. Okay, Bethel Austin. We're eight months old. (laughs) Eight months old. Wow. You know, healthy things grow, and we just keep growing. It's pretty amazing to look out and see your faces. It's just fun for me actually to stand right here and and look at your faces. You know, um, two and a half years ago, I was a part of this church, and I remember praying, having an encounter with God kind of over here in this area, and I literally saw this place packed out, as it is tonight, (laughs) and I saw pillars of fire going out every single one of these exit doors into the city of Austin. And at that moment, in my mind, I put that into that place where I was and thought, oh, God, you're going to do it here. (laughs) Fast forward a couple of years, and here I am. And I remember when we were planning for the launch conference, and Shane brought home, you know, a schematic plan of the room and how many chairs we could pack into this place. And I remember that encounter and seeing (laughs) those pillars of fire going out. And I thought, oh, Lord, wow. You were speaking to me then about this body and what you want to do in Austin. So beautiful, so beautiful. So let's talk about growing. (laughs) Sometimes when there's growth, especially fast growth, there's growing pains. Yeah? Any of you have young'uns? <laughs> I remember when these two, my two of my three kids are here tonight. Can I just point them out? My beautiful babies. I get to do that. <laughs> yeah, kids go through growing pains. So do adults, okay? And I want to talk to us tonight about some really practical things that can help us in stewarding revival well. You know, revival looks a lot like family. And Danny Silk was here a few weeks ago, and he said something that just went straight into me, and I haven't been able to let it go. And he said, we're not building an organization. We're building a family. And that's what God wants to do in us and through us. Anybody in here ever been offended by someone? (laughs) Come on, be honest. Yeah, yeah. Anyone ever been offended by someone in the church? (laughs) Yeah. Anybody been offended by a church leader? Yeah. Okay, we're people. 
We're not perfect. We make mistakes. We mess up. I do, as Renee mentioned, I get to travel and I teach a lot on communication. And I teach about all of our differences and all of the intricacies. And I love that each one of us were made in the image of God. Yet, when I look out, I see so much diversity. And I love it. I love that we're all made in his image, yet we're so different. And we all have preferences and tendencies and communication styles. And sometimes it works and sometimes it just doesn't. Okay, Shane was recently teaching the uh, Colossians class, and he read a quote from a theologian named D.A. Carson, and it was really an interesting quote. I want to read it. It says, what binds us together is not common education, common race, common income levels, common politics, common nationality, common accents common jobs, or anything else of that sort. Christians come together because they have all been loved by Jesus himself. They are a band of natural enemies who love one another for Jesus' sake. Man, when I look out at this vast group, many of us are strangers, I mean, we're eight months old, right? We're getting to know one another. We're becoming family. But some of us are still strangers. But the more we walk this out, the more God's going to knit our hearts together. A few weeks ago, we were praying as a leadership team, and I saw this beautiful tapestry that God was weaving together. And it was beautiful, And it was so intricate, and the colors were vibrant. And as we began to kind of hone in, like he kind of took me way down deep, and I saw that the pieces of the fabric were actually people. And we were being woven together. And you know that saying of that three, the strands, you know, we're we're stronger together. And this fabric was like impenetrable. And right when I saw that, we began to pray that God would bring this net to sustain his glory. I thought, oh, wow. It's community. It's us. We are what's going to sustain the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in this city. As we begin to love one another like never before. As we walk together and prefer each other, man, it's going to change this city. So good. Okay, I have some notes here. Maybe I should look at them. (laughs) Transition. Just the very word brings up some anxiety in some of us, right? (laughs) Change. How many people love change? A couple of you. Okay. Shane loves change. Just for change's sake. He just loves it. I'm like, really? I'm okay if I know why we're doing it, how it's going to happen, and all that kind of stuff. But I'm not just one to just jump in just for the sake of jumping in. But if you think about it, every single one of us got here today through some type of transition. Right? We're all in some transition. 
We just finished up the school year. How many parents are like, hallelujah, summer? Those days are long gone for me. <laughs> I was actually a working mom all the way, and I was like, summer? Oh, my gosh. Now I have to plan what I'm going to do with all these little people. Are you kidding? I loved the school year. <laughs> Sorry, kids. <laughs> I was like, vacation Bible school. What's, what, what is a free, you know, summer camp? Oh, yeah, tennis. Y'all are going to go play tennis. I'm like, we don't want to play tennis. I'm like, it's free. You're going to play tennis. <laughs> it's awesome. Truth be told. Okay, so transition. In transition, we all have different emotions, and we experience it differently. I've heard many of your stories of getting to Bethel Austin. Some of them are very similar. Some of them are extremely different. Some of you are going through transition. I mean, I have a recent college graduate. My other child is getting married in five weeks. Lots of transition in the Harris household. Our baby is going off to college in August. Some of you are transitioning with businesses. Some of you are transitioning even just within your family. Transition is a part of life. And with it brings up lots of emotions. Right? Some of it anxiety, fear, uncertainty, excitement. You name it, we experience this vast realm of emotions. I just want to tell you, those are normal. <laughs> you should be experiencing those emotions. Embrace them. Don't run from them. Realize that sometimes it is hard, and that's okay. That's what the body is for. We're not to walk this walk alone. God wants to link us together. He wants to strengthen us. Shane and I have been married for 27 years. We dated for six years before that. So 33 years I've been loving this man. And we've had lots of opportunities to get it right and lots of opportunities to miss it. Okay? But we have a covenant with one another. We walk together no matter what. We're in it together. And when one of us is down, guess what? We can pull each other up. Now, whether you're married or single, it doesn't matter. We have the body of Christ. We can do that for one another. We need to lean into each other and pull on that strength that's in the body. Okay, I've got, um, <laughs> I've got some keys I want to share with you tonight. Keys to, well, first of all, let me, tell, let me just say this. You know, there is power in our words. Yeah? Everybody knows that? There is power in the words that we speak. Our words can literally change the direction of our lives. Our words can change the direction of this city. Our words can change the direction of our workplaces. You start walking into that workplace and speaking life, things are going to start shifting in the atmosphere. We have the power in our words to change the destiny of our families. I want to read a couple of scriptures for you. If you'll turn with me to Proverbs chapter 18, I want to look at verse 21. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those that love it will eat its fruit. 
If you flip back just a few chapters before that, so Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18 also says, There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. How many of you want to be known as someone who speaks healing into every person you come in contact with? We have that ability to speak life, to speak healing. And so I read this stat as I was kind of prepping for this, and I came across this number, and it was kind of astounding. Do you know that the average person influences 80,000 people in their lifetime? That's a lot of people. 80,000 people. Now, for those of you who like details and are wondering, where did that information come from? So the average lifespan of a person is 78.3 years. On average, we meet three new people per day times 365.4 because, you know, or 0.24, sorry, leap year. That average, that comes out to 80,000. And I started just thinking about that number and that number of people that we literally come in contact with in a lifetime. And I started thinking about that in terms of kingdom and the amount of people that we can literally influence with our words. And sometimes it's a 30-second interaction with the barista at your coffee shop or the checker at HEB. Life. We can speak life over them. I remember when Shane and I first moved to New York. We moved to New York in uh, 2002, six months after 9-11. So I was born and raised in Palestine, Texas, 18,000 people. We had three little people at the time, not quite two, four, and six. And we packed up our five acres of land in our big house, and we moved to New York City. I'd only been there one time previously. And we landed there, and day one, I remember headed to Kmart, because you got to buy all the stuff, right? The underbed storage boxes, all of the stuff that's like vertical, because we went from 3,000 square feet to 800 square feet with three bedrooms. And New Yorkers were like, whoa, three bedrooms. I was like, y'all got to get out of this city. You have no idea. There are wide open spaces. <laughs> and we had one tiny little bathroom. But we had our own little plot of backyard. We had like a garden apartment, and we were on the end of like a huge duplex. Anyway, I remember going to Kmart, and as I'm checking out, the woman said, your accent is beautiful. No one had ever told me that my accent was beautiful. Like I think of Renee's accent is beautiful. East Texas, and it was really twangy back then because I had just literally landed in New York. And I remember, though, it literally carried me through the week. I was like, my accent is beautiful. Oh, my goodness. I can live in this city. <laughs> but it was just that one. I, I still literally, I remember her face. She had such joy. But those words that she spoke were life in that moment for me. You have no idea... <laughs> When you speak to someone, 
what you're speaking over them. So if we could get the weight of our words literally carry life, healing as we speak them, and walk in that authority in this city, things are going to start shifting. Okay, so let me give you some keys. Keys to communication, keys to healthy family, because that's what we want to build here. Healthy family. Key number one, be a great listener. As Renee mentioned, I do a lot of leadership development. That is the number one thing that's lacking in most leaders is the ability to listen. Some of you are great listeners, but some of us, me included, (laughs) not so great. I literally have to work at it. I have to practice. I want to read a scripture out of James 1.19. It says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. When we listen, we extend value. We extend dignity. We extend honor to the other person. When we listen, I want to say it again because I don't think you all heard me. (laughs) When we listen, we extend value. We extend honor. We extend dignity to the other person. We're literally communicating to them that they matter, that they're valued. This should be the norm at Bethel Austin. So some of you are thinking, ah, listening, I don't know about that. (laughs) And let me tell you, when we listen, we can't be doing something else. We can't be flipping through the phone, listening. We can't be reading an email or typing out an email and extending value and dignity and honor to the other person. Listening requires our full attention. I am. I'm preaching to myself, too. Shane's going to probably listen to this and go, girl, did you hear that? Because I'm the worst with my phone when he's speaking. (laughs) I really am. I'm telling on myself now. So let me give you some tips because I'm super practical and I love an application of how to do it. Okay, so saying be a good listener is one thing, and you're like, yes, preach it, that's a good word. But then actually doing it is something completely different, right? So let me give you one tip on how to become a good listener. You want it? Okay. To become a good listener, you need to learn how to ask good questions. And I'm not talking... Well, I am talking about all the, the basic questions when you're getting to know someone, you know, where are you from, what do you do, how many, you know, all that stuff. Those are good, but don't stop there. Learn to ask the heart questions. 
And then just pause and listen. And as you're listening, realize I'm extending value and dignity and honor to this person as I listen and engage. So many things we miss because we're just not listening. Happens all day, every day, in our homes, in our workplaces, in our church. And listening doesn't just stop horizontally. <laughs> Let's talk about vertically. Let's talk about this relationship. Because some of us pray, contend, do all the things, but we do it just like we live our life, which is talking a whole bunch. And you know, this relationship with the Lord, it goes both ways. Yes, he wants to hear our hearts, but you know what? He also wants us to pause because he is speaking, and there's a lot of life that we can get a hold of if we'll just open our ears and tune them to heaven and listen. Some of you, when you have a conversation with someone, you're waiting for that pause because it's your just opportunity to jump in and interject something. <laughs> that is not listening. <laughs> okay? Listening is really pausing, pondering what they're saying, extending value, extending honor. And we do it not only with each other, but we do it with the Lord. So learning how to listen to God in prayer, in worship. Okay? We doing okay? Okay, that's key number one. You ready for key number two? Number two, refuse to speak out of anger. Psalm 4, verse 4. It says, Be angry and do not sin. Ponder in your own hearts on your beds, and be silent. <laughs> that means close your mouth. Stop talking. I can tell you, if you speak out of anger, you will regret it. Every time I have, I regret it. And that's not just with the verbal piece of communication. That's with emails. That's with texts. That's with all the little snapping and all the little things that we do now. <laughs> There's so many different forms of communication, not just face-to-face -face and over the phone. And I'm telling you, if you will learn how to pause before you hit send on that email, <laughs> it will save you. In fact, this week, <laughs> I typed out this email and I ended it with, sorry, just needed to vent. And I just started laughing. I was like, delete, 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 delete. I don't need to vent to this person. They do not need to hear this. And I just, that's great. Thank you. Hit send. And I laughed. I thought, wow, I had a whole paragraph too about a client that's, you know, all these things. And so we don't need to do that. We don't need to do that. With each other, things are going to come up. Come on, we're human right? The word doesn't say don't be angry. 
It actually says, be angry, yet do not sin. Okay, we're going to have things that come up, but we have the amazing opportunity to literally press pause. Okay? And if you're in a situation and you feel, I mean, we all know, right? We have those emotional rushes that go through our body and it's like, oh, we're triggered, whatever it is. We have the capacity to literally call a timeout on ourselves and just say, hey, I need to, we need to, I need to go to the bathroom. I mean, whatever you need to do, you might need to remove yourself from the room. Sometimes just a change of scenery can help calm us down. It could be a walk around the block. It could be putting on some worship music and getting in the presence of God. I'm telling you, there's nothing like an attitude shift (laughs) than Jesus. He can help us. Call on him. Holy Spirit, our helper. Come, Lord Jesus, help me. So be angry, yet do not sin. There's also this amazing ability that we have when we press pause and that we can reframe a situation. You know, when there's something that's going on between us and someone else, we can only focus on that thing that is glaring right in front of us, that's annoying us. It's like, ugh. And we lose sight of all the amazing qualities, all the amazing things in their life. Because all we can do is fixate on this one thing that is driving us crazy. But if you press pause and walk away, step away, it allows you to reframe the situation. And what I want to challenge you in is when you get triggered. Not if, but when, because it's going to happen. We're all human, right? To do, press pause and then begin to thank God for that individual and all the amazing things inside of their life. And just see what happens to your heart. When you start thanking God, I mean, I mentioned 33 years, right? <laughs> There's lots of opportunities for me to get pretty angry <laughs> with my man that I love. And, you know, there are days when I'm like, I appreciate this man. I appreciate this man. I appreciate. Th-. And I literally, I have to talk. You, you laugh. It works. You start speaking life out of your mouth instead of, I want to kill this man. <laughs> Things will shift. <laughs> My children know. <laughs> They're keeping me honest here. Oh, goodness. I love you, babe, whenever you watch this. I love you. Okay, so I want to I do a couple of declarations just in the middle here. I feel, I'm feeling like we need to, we need to say something here. So I'm, here's one, and I'm going to say it, and then we're going to say it together. It's pretty simple. Holy Spirit is communicating with my spirit. So just say that part with me. Holy Spirit is communicating with my spirit and I easily hear him. Let's say it all together. Holy Spirit is communicating with my spirit, and I easily hear him. Okay? That was back for key one on listening. Now, here's a declaration for key number two. People's responses to me do not determine how I love them. 
Okay, let's say that one together. People's responses to me does not determine how I love them. Sometimes you need to fill in the blank with their name. My children's responses to me do not determine how I love them. I'm telling you, there are days when everything is going crazy and you need a weapon. We have power in every word that we speak. Let's start walking in that authority that we have and let's shift the atmosphere in our home, in our workplace, in this city with our very words. Okay? Okay, that's key number two. How are we doing? We good? How are we doing on time? We're good. Okay. Key number three, speak honestly. Put off falsehood. Speak honestly. When we're communicating with each other, we got to be honest. Ephesians 4, 25, if you want to turn there. Ephesians 4, 25 says, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we are all members of one body. I'm telling you, honest, direct, truthful communication should be our norm in this house. Honest, direct, truthful communication should be the norm. Ephesians 4, just skip down a few verses to verse 29, says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Now, it does not say only what is helpful for building up others according to what I need. (laughs) It says according to what their needs are. I love this scripture. I actually teach this scripture to my clients. (laughs) They don't know that it's a biblical principle, but this is good stuff. There is so much goodness in learning how to build each other up with our words. So in my industry, there's a few phrases that we use when we're talking about communication. One is called the left-hand column, and one is called the last 10%. And they're basically the same thing. But we've all, you know, we all have, um, think about a sheet of paper, two columns, right? The right-hand column are all the things that we're saying, all the emotions, all the body language, all the tone of voice that's happening in a conversation. The left-hand column is all the things we're thinking, but we're not saying. And we all have them, every single one of us, all the time. And so in our industry, we kind of say, hey, what's your left-hand column? And that you're literally giving someone permission, and you're inviting them for that feedback, for them to go all the way. The, the final 10%. You know, sometimes we tiptoe, especially if it's in conflict. Man, I have a whole message on that, but we're... We only got a little bit more time tonight. I told someone, I said, pray for me. I have a whole conference worth of information to speak into one sermon. So one day, one day. Um, Thank you. Um, So when we're having some conflict with an individual, 
we want to always remember how can we build the other person up. Love should always, always be our motivation. If there is any other motivation, you need to keep your mouth shut. <laughs> That's good preach. That'll preach right there, right? <laughs> so I want to just tell you something. Um, our words need to encourage. They need to build up. Now, please hear me. I am not saying that we avoid saying the hard things. Okay, I'm not saying that at all. Sometimes we do need to say the hard things, but it always needs to be rooted in love. And we always need to be mindful of why do I need to say this? Is this going to encourage and build them up? And I want to tell you something. You can absolutely disagree with someone. <laughs> And still like them. Okay? I'm not, in fact, there is such a healthy side to conflict. <laughs> we miss it all the time, but there is an actual productive side. If we can learn how to communicate in love, speaking the truth, being honest, being direct, not letting anger rule us, and learning to listen, it can make such a difference. And let me tell you, there is a lost world out there that is looking for something that's different. They're going to come here for the miracles. They're going to come in for the amazing things that God is doing. But you know why they're going to stick around? Family. The community that God's building, those threads, that tapestry that's going to hold and sustain revival. So let's God do the deep work in our hearts. Okay, so let's have a declaration here. How about that? <laughs> I have a gift for seeing through the dirt and finding the gold in others. Let's say it together. I have a gift seeing the dirt. Yes, that's good. I have a gift for seeing through the dirt and finding the gold in others. Amen. Oh, goodness. It's also very important to not just understand what healthy communication looks like. It's vitally important that we know where it comes from. Okay? So we don't just want to know what it looks like, but we want to know where it comes from. You know, the word says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The origin of our words is in our heart. We need to take inventory of our hearts. A couple of hours before the service, God dropped this memory in me. Ooh, I'm going to get emotional just thinking about it. Because I hadn't planned to share it. It's not in my notes, but I, uh, I know I need to. Okay, so I mentioned New York, us moving there. And uh, it was in August 2011 that God began to speak to Shane about us moving to New York. Okay, this is a month before September 11th. 
We live in Palestine, which is literally like glory is falling. <laughs> it's just amazing. Why do we want to leave? And I am just doing that. Don't want to hear anything about New York. I'd never actually been. Shane had been on several trips, taken several teams, and every time he would come home, he would say, it's an amazing place to visit. I'd never want to live there, but it is an amazing place to visit. <laughs> so I'd be like, what happened to that? He'd be like, oh, wait, but, you know, God, this is God. And anyway, one day, just a few, you know, we'd been trying to communicate, but basically had my ears stopped up, and I did not want to have anything to do with that conversation. Remember, I said I had an almost two-year-old, a four-year-old, and a six-year-old. We were leading a church. God was pouring out just amazing things, and I thought he was crazy. Shane, I thought he was crazy. And so one day, he picks me up. We're going to lunch, and um, we're having a conversation. Now, I should preface this that I'm teaching a Sunday school class at the time called The Excellent Wife. <laughs> yes. And so Shane, uh, <laughs> Shane says, hey, so, you know, I'm, I'm, we need to have, we really need to talk about this. I said, I know, I know we really do. And he begins to, you know, this prophetic word, this dream, this vision, all of these things, and I don't want to have anything to do with it. And I said, well, babe, that's great. I love that God is speaking that to you, but what if he never speaks it to me? And now if Shane were here, he always jumps in and prefaces or says something different right now. Remember, we were young. <laughs> this was 20-something years ago. In that moment, he said, and he says he would never say this now, but he said, what if God never does? What will you do? And in that moment, I said, because I knew enough not to let what was actually going on in my heart come out of my mouth. So I switched it and I said, I guess I'll go. But in my heart... I said, I will make it hell for you. That's raw and that's real. That is what I said in my heart. It still breaks me. That the man that I love the most in this life, I said that in my heart that I would make it hell for him if he took me and our babies to that city. So we went in and had our lunch. I don't think we said maybe 10 words to each other. He took me home, and I got on my face. And I began to encounter God. And I said, God, you got to change me. I don't want this junk inside of my heart. And God showed up. We had this really ugly gold couch at the time, and I cried my eyes out on this pillow, and when we got rid of that thing, there was a stain. I mean, it was like, I, sorry, there was a God encounter that happened right here. It was beautiful, a little ugly, but I'm telling you, he ripped fear. You know what it was? It was fear 
out of my heart. And he said, can you trust me? Man, when we were singing that song earlier about the faithfulness of God, I leaned over to my daughter and I was like, girl, I'm already praying this over my grandchildren. God has been so faithful for 35 years. I've been walking with Jesus. Every time we sing that song, I literally see these encounters of God and his faithfulness throughout my life, throughout my kids' lives. And I look ahead and I see my grandkids encountering the Lord. Man, we got to get honest with each other and with the Lord. He wants that level of intimacy with us where we say, we surrender, God. We surrender. It's all you. It is all you. And I will tell you, we moved to that city. <laughs> there were three and a half of the most glorious years, but God did some deep, deep things in our lives in that season, in that city. And we're going back in September, and some of you are going with us. We're pretty excited about that. Okay, so I want to read a scripture out of Colossians. Shane just finished up that equip class on Colossians. Some of you were there. It was an amazing class. And Colossians 3 just grabs me every time. So if you'll turn with me to Colossians 3, verses 12 through 14. It says, starting in verse 12, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive and above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. There's a lot of goodness in that scripture. These qualities that I've just read about, compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience. These are literally the result of every God encounter that we have. That's what God is doing inside of our hearts when we encounter him. You know, I love that we operate in so much power in our house. The power of God is released. We, I mean, raising people from the dead, come on, power of God, right? We heard that testimony. And I love it that a brand new believer can walk in that level of power. And we want more, right? We say more power. But let me tell you, power is not a sign of spiritual maturity. Okay? These qualities that I was just talking, reading about, that, those God encounters where we're on our face, this is the result of spiritual maturity. Walking in forgiveness, humility, meekness, compassion, those are the things that when we get in God's presence that he does inside of us, our egos have to go out the window. <laughs> okay? We need more of his presence, more of his presence. You know, when we look at these passages in Colossians, it's really about community. 
And I let, the point that Shane made in his class, it was really good. He was like, you know what? We don't actually need any of this stuff just on our own. It's through community, walking these things out, that these are practiced in our life. Kindness, being helpful, expressing the heart of God, humility, giving up our own rights. It's not always easy. we got to give up our rights to be angry. <laughs> the fullness of God is not fully expressed until we embrace humility, meekness, gentleness. All these are amazing qualities God wants us. How do we respond in difficult circumstances? What is our response? Are we patient? Are we kind? What about when we're dealing with difficult people? <laughs> what is our response? We call those prickly people in our house. <laughs> We've probably got a few of them in the room. We love that about Bethel Austin. Joaquin was sharing a few weeks ago with the young adults, and Shane and I had the opportunity to go that night, and I loved it. He said, we're not afraid of any of your messes. That is so true. We are not. We're not afraid of any of your messes. God wants to change every one of us. And when we get in his presence, that is when those changes happen. And it is beautiful to experience that together. Okay. That last part of Colossians chapter 12, verse 14. And above all these, put on love. Put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. We've got to bear with one another. We've got to forgive each other. If Bethel Austin is where God is calling you to, I want to tell you something. It's going to take an investment of your life. This is good soil. It's worth every part of our investment. We're all imperfect people walking this life out in community. But love is what's going to hold us together. Love, above all. All those attributes that I was just talking about come out of love. I want to give us another declaration. Y'all okay with that? Okay. So this one says, I'm permanently tapped into heaven's infinite supply of love. Say it together with me. I am permanently tapped into heaven's infinite supply of love. We're going to be known by our love for one another. When we build family, when we build this community that God is building here at Bethel Austin through honor, investing our lives in one another, that beautiful tapestry can be woven together. I'm pretty excited about the days ahead. I loved Danny Silk when he was here. He talked about 40 years of walking together. I started thinking about that. I was like, I'm going to be kind of old in 40 years, but um, some of you won't. But I thought, how beautiful. I'm in this for the long haul. I want to get to know each one of you. I want to pray God's abundance over your life. 
as we walk together in community. You know, there's a scripture, Psalm 133. I want us to read that psalm because it's a beautiful psalm. It says, Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It's like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It's like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. And I love this last part. It says, for there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life evermore. I don't know about you, but I want to be in the place where the Lord commands the blessing. That is a beautiful place. And we have an amazing part to play in that. To not walk in offense. To walk in forgiveness. To learn how to listen to one another. To not walk and let our words be spoken in anger. To be truthful and honest and direct in our communication. If I could have the worship team come on back, someone, come on back up here, that would be great. I've got one last declaration for us, and this is one that I'm believing. It says, I have healthy, long-term relationships. Say that with me. I have healthy, long-term relationships. Amen, amen. So I feel like, you know, as I um, was praying and preparing for this message, and God kind of showed me a couple of things. And one was this moment, and I was pretty certain of how he wanted to end our time together. He wants our full yes. He wants our full yes. He wants us to lock arms with each other. And I realize we're still strangers getting to know one another, but this is how we build family. When we come together with all our differences, with all the diversity in the room, and we say, Jesus himself is worth it all. He is worth it all. And so here's how I want us to end and just respond. But I I feel like there is a love encounter, a corporate love encounter. I feel him. Do you feel him? He's here. He's so near. And he wants to pour out his love and knit our hearts together so the offense falls off of us. So that love is what binds us together. Just waiting. (laughs) I'm just listening. Yeah. So if you wanted tonight just say once again Lord I give you my full yes I want to be a person that walks in humility that walks in forgiveness that walks in peace that I'm a peacemaker 
And I want you just to stand to your feet. Let's just lift our hands. Say, Lord, you, you're a good father. You are so amazing. And God, we want more of your power released in us and through us. And God, we want you to knit our hearts together so that we can literally form that tapestry, that net to sustain the outpouring. We want to walk in love. We want to be a people that's known for their love for one another and for you. So we're just going to let the worship team just worship over us. You can stay in your seat. You can come to the front. But I, I just want us to take a moment. I don't want us to rush out of this place. I want us just to pause and listen. Just to open our ears to heaven. And just listen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.